So what does it mean to believe in God? Many of us have heard and know John 3.16, which states that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now the phrase should not opens up the door of possibility that you could possibly perish. So that's why I think it's important that we investigate that a little bit further. So what does it mean exactly to believe in God? And now the reason why I'm asking this is because many people believe that God exists. They believe in a heaven and a hell, angels and demons, go to church once in a while, they believe he exists. But merely believing that God exists is not enough by itself for someone to go to heaven. And this is why I want to take just a few moments and encourage you to re-examine what you believe when it comes to the things of God. Now the reason why I want to do this is because I know for myself personally that there were a lot of things, even apart from the Bible, that I believed in, only to find out later in life that they just simply were not true. An example that I can use that I think most of us can relate to is that if you grew up in America at all, you probably grew up living in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy for at least a, a good portion of your childhood anyway. And why would you ever question that being young? Because the people who were the closest to you, the people who loved you the most, your mom, your dad, uh, your grandmother, your grandfather, they told you these things out of good, clean fun. But there came a day when one of your friends challenged your beliefs and you started to realize that maybe just maybe the two plus two didn't quite equal four the way you thought it did and af after asking the right questions and looking into it you found out that it wasn't true and for whatever reason and i've yet to figure this out many people tend to do the same thing when it comes to religion they adhere to the same exact religious beliefs that they grew up with never once questioning or open their bible to find out if what they believe is true and it's never the way God intended for it to be. Acts 17.11 says these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so or whether these things were true. It is so important that we understand that even though we are serving a loving and merciful God, we also serve a just God. And that's the part that gets overlooked by most people. And this is a side that many people don't want to talk about. And even though we think God can do anything he wants, what we fail to realize is that that's not true either. God cannot lie. He cannot transgress his command or his word. And he has to judge each and every one of us the same. He doesn't have a different set of rules to judge us by, whether we're Baptist, Catholic, or Methodist. That just simply wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be just. He will judge each and every one of us by what has been written in his word. That's why it's so important that we study it out. Which means our opinions, our denominational beliefs, will be completely irrelevant on the day that we stand before him to give an account for our lives. In John chapter 17, verse 38, Jesus said, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The key is believing in him, in God, as the scriptures have said, not according to your denomination, not according to your opinion or what you've seen on TV, but according to what the scriptures have said. And the reason for this is it's a legal agreement between God and his son, and it cannot be broken. 
Now think of a legal agreement that you may have with an insurance company. If your homeowner's insurance policy covers you for $50,000 in personal possessions in the event of a tragedy, and you call up your insurance company and tell them that you believe you're entitled to $100,000, the company representative will tell you, you can believe what you want, but the policy that you signed that we have an agreement for says you're entitled to $50,000. And that's all you're going to receive. Why? Because it's written. It's a legal agreement. It's the same thing with God. So when we stand before God on that day, and make no mistake about it, each and every one of us will stand before God and answer for how we conduct our life here on earth. It will not matter what your denominational tenets were, what your parents taught you, what your opinions are. The only two things that will matter is what is written in the Bible and whether or not your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This will allow God to judge each and every one of us fairly. There's no favoritism which puts the responsibility back on your shoulders to open up the Bible and find out what is fact and what is fiction. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. It's the one thing that we all have in common. So why do you believe the things that you believe, and can you back them up from a biblical perspective? And most people cannot. People will make plans for where they'll go to college, what their occupation may be, who they'll marry, where they'll uh, purchase their first home, how much money they have to put away for retirement so when that time comes they can, they can live comfortably. But very few people will take the time necessary to challenge their own beliefs and investigate what God's Word says about how we get to heaven or what the requirements are. My plea for you is that you're not that person, that you take the time and open up the Bible and begin to study and ask God, what is it that I need to do?